Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Herridge here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Well, following yesterday's seventh worst decline in Dow Jones history, we got a bit of a bounce back today. Our markets tried to sell off going into the close here, got a rally into the last 30 minutes to finish higher across the board. And I'll get to all of the market action here in a minute, uh, but I've got a little bit different of a podcast here for you today as we're now just one week away from the next FOMC meeting and with the awful, awful CPI print yesterday, a little better PPI today, I wanted to give everyone some tools to kind of look through the smokescreen, maybe view this meeting with, through a different lens uh, from what the Federal Reserve had, has to say and, and read between the lines of all the Fed speak that we're going to hear in the coming weeks because it should be an interesting meeting overall. But again, awful CPI print yesterday and only gets worse when you dive into the data because they've manipulated this thing so heavily shadow stats i actually just saw this right before the podcast said that if you measured it cpi by the way that they did in 1980 the number would have been closer to 16 percent now i know we've got a great smart muddy audience here so a lot of you already realize that we've been saying it here for some time that inflation was likely closer to 20 percent some time ago but we are seeing a little bit of that beginning to ease here. We know that they manipulate this data, as Kip said in his midday vidcast today, they're lying to our faces about inflation. And that shadow stats number just, just goes to prove it here. But if you think about all of the people that they put in front of you, telling you the same thing over and over again, Joe Biden last year, going along with Jay Powell saying that inflation wasn't an issue. Jay Powell himself saying it was transitory. Janet Yellen, the list goes on and on and on here. And not to mention the thousands of PhD economists that they have on their payroll. So what you have to wonder here is how do they keep getting away with being wrong over and over again? And I know, again, a lot of you always already realize this, but I think that it is an important frame to look at this from, okay? And that is that the Fed and their merry band of economists are playing a forward-looking game. And by that, I mean that they want you to turn your attention to what they're going to do next instead of and ignoring what they have already done. So let me explain this a little bit in today's terms. The Federal Reserve right now is working to bring down inflation. The new word is moderate, right? And they are going to take this very seriously. They're going to raise interest rates. They're going to lower their balance sheet. They're going to shrink the balance sheet. Uh, quit buying mortgage-backed securities and use all of the tools at their disposal to stop inflation in its tracks. Really harsh language here from the Federal Reserve. That is what they want you to focus on. What they don't want you to think about is what caused this inflation. Because what causes inflation? In a classical economic point of view, it is 
the increase of money supply, the devaluing of currency, going back to gold standard days, you could think about it as well, when they were mixing gold with other forms of metals, right? Devaluing the currency. In modern terms, they call it monetary policy. Who controls monetary policy? Well, that would be, again, the Federal Reserve. So if inflation is caused by loose monet monetary policy, inflating money, printing money, increasing the money supply, who's responsible? The Federal Reserve. So today, the Fed wants you to forget about their reckless spending over the last few years. Jay Powell going on 60 Minutes saying that they're digitally printing dollars and instead look forward into what they're doing now because they've got the solution. They want you to forget that the problem is the Fed's fault and they'll sell you the solution here. So that is how they think that they will not be held accountable for their actions. And in, as of today, looks like they'll continue to be right because, well, who's held them accountable up to this point? Certainly not governments. Uh, and that applies to central banks across the globe. And when you have thousands of PhD economists on your payroll telling the same propaganda, who's really standing in their way here? That is the way that they look at that, as Kip described it earlier today as well. These thousands of economists are the nerds that he is talking about. And it's really the perfect term here because they're not in the in crowd now, right? They may get grants from the Federal Reserve or other payments in other ways, but in order to be in the in crowd, they can't veer off of this message. Their only aspiration in life is to be a part of that in crowd. And like Kip said earlier too, maybe one day you'll become chairman of the Federal Reserve. But if they don't tout the party line, they're never going to get into that club. But with all of those things happening, they likely won't be held accountable. So it's not worth your time to be getting angry and frustrated about these things, but instead read between the lines and realize the game that they're playing here so that we're not fighting the Fed. And you realize that they're playing this forward-looking game. It's classic, classic misdirection here. Don't talk about what we did in the past. Look over here about what we're going to do in the future, right? So be on the lookout for these latest rounds of propaganda. And in my, and in my view, they've really already come clean with what it's going to be. Last year, it was transitory. It's transitory, right? And what does transitory mean? Because on a, lo on a long enough timeline, everything is transitory. But the new term will be inflation is moderating. We heard a lot of that yesterday. Hearing more of it today, I expect that we'll continue to hear a lot of that term moderating. I mean, classically ambiguous terms <laughs> to, to describe what's happening here. But here's what really matters at the end of the day and the reason why I started the podcast off this way and what I'm about to tell you really will allow you to look through the smoke and mirror and the smoke screen that the Federal Reserve and their ilk like to put you through because they're trying to pull another fast one here. So here it is. The Fed has to have inflation. I know a lot of you realize that already, but I think it bears repeating. They may talk a big game about fighting 
this inflation, but the way that our current system is designed, it must have inflation. After the Federal Reserve was created in 1913, they decided that our economy would be designed as a debt-based model. And in a debt-based model, inflation is the only way to keep the system afloat. The Fed and other central banks across the world must continue to inflate. So this talk of moderation and keeping inflation low is very much a short-term attitude that they take to this. This is the financial engineering that we've talked about so much, we talk about in our new book, The Big Bribe, that this debt-based model demands that cash be pulled from the future into today, otherwise, and really at faster and faster rates, otherwise the system implodes. Because if cash deflates too much, we won't be able to service that debt. That is what true economists, actual economists out there mean when they say that they're trying to, whoever the ominous they is, when they are trying to inflate away the debt. So to give you an example, they take out a loan in today's dollars, knowing that they will pay it off sometime in the future with a dollar that is worth less, likely significantly less, depending on how much inflation has taken place. It's exactly why the dollar has lost 97% of its purchasing power here in the United States. Remember, you got to think about it as two currencies. You've got the currency we use here at home and then the international currency, right? So the U.S. dollar can look really good. You could ask, you know, hey, how are you talking about the devaluing of the dollar when you look at a dollar at decade near highs, right? Well, that's the international version of the dollar that we're talking about when you see it there. But in this debt-based system, if inflation even begins to stagnate, not to mention turns into deflation, then the entire system implodes. Again, they would not be able to service the debt. Remember, just three years ago, right before coronavirus, Jay Powell actually upset that they couldn't hit their 2% target. That is exactly why they were so upset that they couldn't get to that number. They knew that if they couldn't get inflation to go up, they knew how to do it. But if they didn't do it, they would have a crisis on their hands there. So I hope that explanation kind of helps some of you see through this smoke and mirror, smoke screen, and read between the lines of all the Fed speak that we're about to see here. And again, don't forget about what they've done. Uh, don't let them forget about these things uh, and, and focus on what they're doing now. That's what they want. And if they have to cause a recession in order to get there, wipe out the entire middle class, they'll do that, right? Because that's what would keep the system afloat. And it's exactly why we wrote our latest book, The Big Bribe, and we focus so much on financial engineering. You can find it at bigbribebook.com. Uh, and it's exactly why we see the market melting up as we go in to 2030 because this system has plenty of room to run in our view. Uh, there's so many perma bears out there who want to tell you that this system isn't sustainable and they'd be right, but no one can really predict when they'll be right. It could be 10 years. It could be a hundred years. Uh, really nobody knows. So that being said, 
Again, I hope that helps a little bit to explain about what we're going through right now, what we're seeing from the Federal Reserve. But again, it's that forward-looking game. Game. Look at what we're doing now, not what we did in the past. We can't let them forget that they're the ones who caused this entire thing with out-of-control monetary policy. It's exactly what happened. But back to the inflation numbers here. As we see it, inflation has begun to cool. If you see it, you see it in a lot of our commodities. We believe that trend will continue as well and just in time for our melt-up that we see looking up into the midterm. So that said, let's take a look at our market action on the day today. Again, started off the day strong, got a dip and then a nice rally in the last 30 minutes. We didn't get to the highs of the day, but we did finish positive across the board. The NASDAQ up 0.74% to 11,719. And check this out, this is an interesting stat. We love sharing these data points. Here's a new one. You've heard Kip talk so much about midterm years and other stats out there. Over the past 25 years, there haven't been many days at all where all of the NASDAQ 100 drops. Yesterday was one of those days. All of the NASDAQ 100 finished lower on the day today. This is from Sentiment Trader. Over the next 12 months when that happens, the NASDAQ 100 is higher 100% of the time with median gains of 21.2%. So add that to the list of data that backs up what we're looking at over the next 12 months here and it's bullish, all of it bullish. Next up were the small caps up 0.38% to 1,838. Next up the S&P 500 up 0.34% to 3,946. And lastly for today, the Dow Jones up one-tenth of 1% 1 to 31,135. And I'll also point out that all four of our major indexes have now had golden crosses in the, with the 50-day crossing above the 100-day. All of these crosses and major moving averages matter. The shorter-term ones apply to short-term trading, and the longer ones, like a 50 to 100-day, apply really. doesn't mean we're not going to see volatility in the short-term, but over the medium to long-term, that is a bullish crossover there. So again, adding to the bullish thesis that we have here. Also today, the 10-year, I mean, wow, got back almost to its top from June 14th. The peak there was 348 Today, we got to a 3.47 before closing lower on the day for the 10-year to a 3.41. would love to see a double top there and head lower. That's been our view for some time. We continue to see lower rates here in the United States. That doesn't mean that we couldn't get higher rates in the short term from here, but over the last 40 years, we've seen a pattern of lower lows from the rates. We expect that to continue as well. The trend is lower in bonds, bond yields that is, for sure. Looking at our internals on the day today, we didn't get great numbers today, but we got better numbers than yesterday. Uh, so, you know, a slight win there. Let me get a last little refresh here. Um, advancing stocks, beating out declining stocks. Yeah, yeah, still for the NYSE, um, just barely negative for the NASDAQ here. Declining stocks, beating out advancing stocks was positive for the NYSE. 52-week highs and lows came in negative again, but
but better than yesterday's readings. And lastly, volume. After the 94% downside day we saw yesterday in the NYSE, we got a slightly positive day today uh, for advancing volume in the NYSE and a better, almost two to one positive from the NASDAQ. So not bad readings there. Uh, certainly after a day like yesterday, we'll take positive readings. Uh, looking at our sectors on the day today, we finished with six out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day. We were led by energy with oil up on the day, followed by consumer discretionary, utilities, and technology. Also, I'll point out that uh, here, the semis led the way today. Uh, you know, Held above yesterday's lows as well, finishing up almost 1.1% on the day today. So outpacing tech, outpacing the rest of our major indexes. That's what you want to see is semis leading. Then our laggards on the day were real estate, followed by materials and financials. Finally for today, our VRA commodity watch gold now down six tenths of 1% to $1,706 an ounce. Uh, next up silver up half a percent to $15.59 an ounce. Copper down 1.14% to $3.51 a pound. And oil, as I mentioned earlier, up on the day 1.87% to $88.94 a barrel. And lastly for today, Bitcoin getting hit here. A lot of talk of new regulation coming in here. Un unbelievable. The SEC is just a criminal organization uh, along with the other three-letter three name uh uh, institutions from the government, uh, but Bitcoin back below $20,000 a Bitcoin right now, down 1.4% to $19,948 a Bitcoin. Folks, that is all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA investing podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top. We'd love to have you with us. And again, our new book, The Big Bribe, is out. I gave so much from it uh, earlier in this podcast about the Federal Reserve. You can find it at bigbribebook.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.